Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Whoo! Mm-hmm. So. Yep. How's everybody doing? I mean, there's not an armed insurrection today, so better? That was yesterday. That was yesterday. So, full disclosure, we were supposed to record this episode yesterday. Yes. And, um... About eh, two hours before you're supposed to record, everything started, you know... I think, uh, like most of the country and the world, um, we uh, became quite, um, I don't know, locked onto the horrible events of the day and were unable to focus on anything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're giving it a shot today. Yeah. um, Aware that, wow. But maybe everybody needs something else to think about and put their brain on. True. And talk about for a minute to take a break from thinking about yesterday. Maybe. 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 <laughs> yeah. We'll do our best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we hope you are all okay out there. Yes. Um and that uh that maybe you you need like a bit of a respite to yeah. be whisked away from this world. Which would be good. You know, there's so many times in the past year when I wanted to be, well, really the past four years, but specifically in the past year where I would have liked to be whisked away. Anywhere else. Yeah. Almost anywhere else. It's uh, good to take breaks from reality just in general every now mm-hmm. and then. And I think in our present time, it's especially good to remember that, that it's okay to, mm-hmm. to, to just disappear into something fiction for a small break. Then get yeah. back to focus. <laughs> yeah, I I get really into like true crime and like uh, uh, procedural type TV shows and stuff. Um, and last night I I just had to stop watching the news before bed and I said, Mom, I'm gonna go watch some Criminal Minds. You know the show where they like uh, catch lots of like serial killers because that's cheerier right now than what's going on in the world. I need to go escape into that world for a little bit. But that actually well, does sound better because in those procedural dramas, the bad guy is arrested and uh-huh. put in jail, which is actually like a weird false fantasy concept right now. So, you know, yeah. that is it's comforting. Very, it's very safe and comfortable. I know it's going to happen. There's a bad guy, but I know by the end of it, he's going to be arrested or maybe sometimes by the end of the next episode. Sometimes there's a two parter, but that's it. It is, it is true that you can only sit there watching, which I never watch television news. So, like, yesterday was weird on that account, too, because it's like that and the election. The, these are my two forays into television news in recent years. Mm-hmm. And both times I'm watching it, like, is this what it's like always? <laughs> is this always what the news is like when it's on TV? Why is it so scary? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, not that the events weren't scary, but I feel like it gets scarier on TV. Yeah. Uh, but you can only watch television news and yell, stop calling them protesters, they're terrorists, so many times before you finally go, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I think I had to turn it off when, uh, now I, I don't have cable, so I just like watch it, the streaming, the few channels that stream on YouTube, like I think mm-hmm. it was CNN, CNN does, CBS does. Uh, I just know that MSNBC does not because I never get to see the wonderful map man. Uh, Kornacki. Yeah. Kornacki. But anyway, the one of the anchors on the channel I was watching uh, said, "This is almost like 
this is almost like performance art, what we're witnessing. And I just I was like, nope, nope, no, you're not. Oh, oh look, some, some, some white people are causing violence. It's performance art. I was like, yeah, we're turning off the TV. We're not, yeah. not supporting this anymore. It's not performance that was- art. It's insurrection. Terrorism. That, that was the only thing. See, that was the only thing I have to say for MSNBC uh, in that moment, other than that they have Kornacki, who I love, mm-hmm. is I, I felt like at some point the shift from protesters to like domestic terrorists, insurrectionists, you know. It wh- took a little bit. Tra- traitors. Uh-huh committing treason like all those they it got there though mm-hmm. like i feel like we got there <laughs> yeah um i also did appreciate that earlier in the day before all the events uh when the current president was hosting his rally with all of those people they just pushed it to the bottom corner of the screen and muted it and literally said like it doesn't really matter what he's saying right now this is happening right now but we're not gonna we're not gonna air anything he's mm-hmm. saying <laughs> i do appreciate that um that, but yeah, I also got to see some good fights in the Senate and in the House when they were live streaming the the pro, um debates over the objections when they finally got back to work. Some exciting stuff going on there. There was almost a fist fight. Wow. Yes. What are we parliament? I know. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. wasn't a knock on parliament. I just always thought it was spicier. It is, yeah. <laughs> not anymore. Apparently not. <laughs> Yeah, that stuff went on till like what? I I fell asleep watching it last night, and I think I was waiting on Wisconsin because Pennsylvania took so long, so mm-hmm. long to certify Pennsylvania, and then I drifted off to the worst thing to fall asleep to. Yeah, <laughs> just it happened. It happened during the six hours of debate, seemingly about Pennsylvania, um, that that a Democrat and a Republican almost gotten into fisticuffs and had I, to be removed. I couldn't see. I couldn't. Um, I had to get up early. I'm on hospital service, so I had to get up early, and I couldn't have anything to drink because I'm on hospital service. And so I just, at some point, we were like, let's watch this short show about home cooks making leftovers into fancy meals and then go to bed early. I do like that show. That is a good show. <laughs> that is a very happy yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I got a lot of work to do. I got a lot of sick people to take care of. I'm going to have to turn this off for the moment. I just can't. I'm not uh I'm not doing dry January, but I am trying to be like cut back, like no drinking on the weekdays, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh last night was a good test cuz I was like, you know what? No, 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 okay, this is good. This is good for me to separate when I lean on it because I need it versus when I enjoy it because I want to because I don't <laughs> want to enjoy anything right now. There's nothing to enjoy. It would just be to help with my stress, which is a bad reason to drink, so I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good test. Um, you know what else is a joyful place I like to escape to? There you go. Ah. Schitt's Creek. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're talking about Schitt's Creek, which, as we said previously, is not the bad word. So don't worry. We're not breaking our rule. It's someone's name and it's spelled differently. So it's okay for us to say. Yes. Jeez, mom. Gosh, mom. I know you tell us all the time not to curse so much. <laughs> But this one's okay, Mom. I know Mom definitely has a problem with profanity. Yeah, yep. yeah I was going to go along with that. But Mom taught us all how to say bad words. <laughs> uh, so, good. Let's talk about Schitt's Creek. Cause yes, please. It's so happy. Yes. Um, I will be the first to admit that I was skeptical of Schitt's mm-hmm. Creek. Um, our 
parents watched it. Although I've recently found out just, just mom. mom. Mm-hmm. Although every time mom would talk about it, dad would sit there and go, yeah, yeah. And nod like he had watched it too. When in reality, he had bailed on it after like season two. Yeah. Wait, really? you know this? <laughs> yeah. Dad's never finished it? No, no, he's just been pretending this whole time that when mom's like, you have to watch it. He's going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he hadn't, he didn't watch it. As I was watching it, I thought he'd also seen all of it. So I would tell um, both of them about like funny scenes I had just seen or something. It'd be like describing them. And mom would be like, oh, I remember that. Oh, my gosh, it was so funny. We'd be laughing about it. And dad would be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Afterwards, I was like, well, dad, you hadn't even seen it. You know it. what? It I should have known because I can't remember a time where dad ever... Um, recounted in excruciating detail an entire episode of Schitt's Creek to me. And that's like the surefire sign that dad has watched something and enjoyed it is that he will then recount it to you in excruciating detail. Including the evening news. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Or the Dear Abby or whoever section of the newspaper, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Nothing's better than when he describes a comic panel by panel to me. (laughs) (laughs) Just way to engage with comics as a medium <laughs> um so we i love our dad sorry. <laughs> i know i'm sorry dad dad we love you thank you for editing our show yeah. <laughs> that's right hi dad i love you hi dad oh, uh, sorry um but anyways <laughs> mom kept trying to convince us to watch it and i have to be honest i i don't always find that mom knows what like I will enjoy and so she'll rec she recommends a lot of shows to me that I'm like oh mom I know just from the description I'm not gonna Mm -hmm. like that so I was skeptical we tried it once a while back like we we watched the first episode and we were like why do people like this eh, we'll give it a try so we watched like three I want to say we watched Mm -hmm. the first three episodes and I just couldn't get it I was like man I don't really like these rich people they seem like jerks but I don't really like this town they move into. I'm not getting this like quaint small town vibe from it. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't Stars Hollow or something. I don't really like these people either. I I don't know who I'm supposed to like. Who am I rooting for? Mm-hmm. Do I want them to get money? I don't know. I was just turned off by the whole thing. I wasn't rooting for anybody and we bailed on it. And we both felt the same way. We were mm-hmm. like, we're just done. So we got back into it because mom kept insisting it seemed like during the pandemic everybody was one by one falling to Shit's creek <laughs> yeah i mean the emmys gave them like all of the awards the That's emmys true. gave them yeah. all the awards yeah and that was very intriguing i was like well no okay all right now what am i missing mm-hmm. uh and then finally i decided like i said that it must be that the pandemic isn't going to end until we all watch Shit's creek right um <laughs> so i'll do my part and watch Shit's Creek. Creek. And uh, we entered into it a- as a game of chicken. Mm-hmm. Justin and I watching it and daring the other one to say, I want to watch something else first. <laughs> what Justin doesn't know is I don't lose. That's true. This is true. So we watched all of them. And I am glad that I did because I, by the end, I get it. It's great. And I enjoyed it. Well, yeah. Um, I have to say now last week, if you didn't listen last week. Sydney and Taylor both had already watched all of Schitt's Creek mm-hmm. when we decided to do this episode. I had not watched a single episode, so I would just like to reiterate here, I made a commitment last Wednesday to watch all of Schitt's Creek before this Wednesday. And then, you know, an insurrection happened on Wednesday, so now it's Thursday. But still, by Sunday, I had watched every episode of Schitt's Creek. I was going to say, you came in ahead of the deadline there. 
Yes. Um, And I am very glad I did also. I will say, I I knew, I mean, one, I had to watch all of it because I said I would for this show. But also, I knew it was going to get good because not only was mom telling me it was good, but now you both were telling me it was good. So I was like, okay, well, I guess, like, it actually has to be then, right? Like, all, all of my family is telling me it's a good show. And it was a struggle for about two seasons. I just had it on in the background, just like, when is this why it had what am i missing like i have to be missing something and then it got very good and then i couldn't stop watching it um and then it made me cry and then it was over now tay you enjoyed it more through the whole thing which i mean i know i know it definitely got better i know you said that but i i i wanted to ask about that because i've heard a lot of people who when we first started watching it i said man i just don't get this i had a lot of people tell me i know in the beginning it's not good but it gets so much better i promise you seem to like it a little more from the jump yeah i don't i I, i've contemplated that um i i don't know i don't mind when characters are awful if i think something is is going on in the narrative in in the story I kind of like, I like redemption stories, and I like good Mm. redemption stories. I like stories about people changing, because I think that's, you know, that's some people believe that no one can change. I'm somebody that believes that people can change, and I like stories that embrace that idea. So I think from the beginning, it was, when it it revealed itself that we're going to show you how people can actually change and become better versions of themselves, that I was along for the ride, because that kind of was locked in as what the show was going to do from the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of the show, is that it is it is a story about redemption, but it's in real time. Mm-hmm. It, I think I think that's it. You're hitting the nail on the head that um, I find really rare in a television show. Um, I think, like, if you look at a... Not that these shows are comparable, but just the first one that has this trope that pops to mind is Friends. If you look at a show like Friends, where you have, like, a couple that you know the whole show is about them getting together, mm-hmm. you have to have them, like, get together and break up, like, a dozen different times because the pace of action, like, the expected pace of stuff happening mm-hmm. is so fast and not like real life, right? Yeah. In real life, well, except for 2020, in real life, there isn't something happening mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, like, like totally life-changing or shattering or whatever every single day. Mm-hmm. There's long stretches where you're just kind of doing your business. Um, and I, this show I thought was really rare in that sense where it like I felt like, well, what? how are they changing? Show me. Where is it? When is it happening? And it was happening slowly and subtly. And that's very real. But also, like, I just don't feel like that's a common thing we see on television. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I, I think that even in the first season, you see, like, I think even the first season, the way the family interacts as they start to have to exist in the same space, there's a loving quality between them that mm-hmm. is written into the show. And I think that that's, you know, this goes to the idea that, look, these people, it's not like you're a good person and you can make, you know, you can fall from grace, or you're a bad person, but maybe through great effort you can change. I think it's more that we all have the possibility to be good or bad. And, it's really just about, you know, how we push ourselves, but also the environment we're in. So I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that was all there in the beginning, though. Um, I appreciate it. I think they do a good job of, uh, as someone who, I don't, I wouldn't say that we live in a Schitt's Creek necessarily. 
<laughs> Only slightly bigger. It's but it, El- yeah. we live in an Elmdale. <laughs> I was gonna say it's not too far off. Um, and usually, I feel like in TV shows, uh, the characters—I mean, it's either one or the other, right? It's either presented with this like. Um, it's a small town where the real people live and they've got real heart and are real loving and giving and that's where all the real people are as if, you know, city folk bad kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or it's presented with the opposite of like the sophisticated, intelligent city folk arrive and the town's full of backwoods dullards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really, they they do such a good job of not, embra- of like flirting with those things from time to time like through the eyes of the the way the characters see each other because mm-hmm. you can tell they very much see each other that way in the beginning mm-hmm. like oh you think you're so much better than us rich people versus look at these dumb hillbilly kind of thing mm-hmm. you know I mean you definitely can see that maybe that dichotomy exists between the characters but the show doesn't see them that way yep. the, sh- the show sees them as people mm-hmm. who have good qualities and bad qualities and are fully fleshed out rounded characters and I think that is so that's so difficult to do mm-hmm. but you still know that that that's there that like tension is there because the characters would feel that towards each other to some extent and so it's reflected in the I mean it's it's so subtle it is um so much so to like the point where I got to the end of it and obviously they're very different people by the time the end of the the series rolls around but I had to sit there for a second after all their like individual stories, not ended, but like within the show, their stories have ended and they're all going their separate ways and doing their own things. I had to like sit and think like why each of those storylines was so important to each of them as a character and not just for like the main family and like the, the rich people for the for the townspeople as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is. You can see all of those things from the beginning about like why it was important for Alexis to be able to like be okay on her own and like be independent and do her own thing or for David to open himself up to other people and like be okay not being around a bunch of other like rich smart people whatever Mm -hmm. that he thought he needed validation from um but like you see those things from the beginning Mm -hmm. and then at the end you look back and you're like wow they've been like they've been on this path since the very beginning and now they're like they're here and they did it but like there were funny goofs along the way but like they made progress and look at that we were here for it well and i think it's very good yeah and that's so much to the point of that like by the end of it they are changed but they're not these massively different people you know it's not that hero's mm-hmm. narrative where they've been brought to their knees and made to soul search and tear themselves apart it's really just kind of a a turn of corner for all of them where the stuff they had all along that could make them better versions of themselves like it was there they just had to embrace it you know for the very beginning you have mm-hmm. alexis telling these great stories about how she's escaped from all these crazy situations like she's clearly somebody that can survive on her own very well uh-huh. and yet that's her greatest fear and that's the thing that she conquers but mm-hmm. she was always able and i think that's really beautiful storytelling because i do think that's also once again parallel to real life we we it's not this massive i have to become somebody completely do new i have to burn down who i was it's really just sorting out what sucks about you and what's awesome and embracing the awesome and that's mm-hmm. that's redemption mm-hmm. i think it's it's really interesting the parents go on similar journeys uh, again i think a little more subtle just because like i think you've established a lot more of who you are and how you see the world at that age yeah but like you see johnny um 
I think with the hotel chains, like start to, he's building something from the ground up, just like he did with the video stores. Mm -hmm. And you really see like, I mean, yeah, he, it's easy to just write him off as like, well, a rich guy, but like, well, clearly he was good at that and Mm -hmm. enjoyed that and liked the hard work of building something. And they reference how meticulous he was about his video stores and all that a lot. And you see him doing that with the motels and like he's cleaning rooms and turning down beds on his own. I don't know. I really admired that. Like, okay, well, that it gives him the hard work is it for him. Mm -hmm. The hard work is the thing. And he is that is who he is. Mm -hmm. And he finds his redemption in returning to that hard work. Yeah. Hmm. And then he brings Stevie in on it with him and their whole relationship just I did not expect to make me so emotional, but just like, <laughs> I don't know, she she just went. I mean, she was a good character to me from the beginning. Like uh, she was one of those that you could argue that the the family started out not as bad people, but just mm-hmm. as very like self-centered, um, egocentric, arrogant people. Um, I don't think Stevie ever started out as someone that had like bad personality flaws or anything she just like was lost and felt like she had no direction she was just in the same town for a whole life and didn't Mm -hmm. know what she was doing and then he came in and was like you don't have to drastically like change your life you don't have to move somewhere and start over or like experience the whole world because someone makes you feel bad for like staying in your hometown for your whole life but here's how we can like make what you're doing even better sydney it's your phone ringing while we're recording wow sorry (laughs) wow sydney it's Justin. Justin. Why is his phone here? Oh. No. It's, it's ringing through the computer. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It was ringing through the computer. It's Justin's fault. Justin, this seems like you're a, listening. This seems like a good, mo- a good moment <laughs> to um, pick up your phones and... <laughs> Let's check the group message. Right. Uh, I'm first. I have... I would like to go first. <laughs> okay. Whew, sorry, that really So smooth. The, the smoothest... That's what I'm known for. The smoothest ad delivery in the business. All right. Uh, and transitions. Uh, I, You know what else is smooth? Native deodorant. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah. It is a quality it possesses. Do, do you want to smell good? Because I do. Yeah. Uh, and deodorant can be essential to that. Take it from me. Someone who sweats. Um, the ingredients in native deodorant include things that you have heard of, things like coconut oil, things like shea butter. Um, none of their products are tested on animals. Almost everything is vegan. Uh, and they have over 10 cents. They've got classics. They've got rotating seasonals. Um, we've talked about it before. I love I love to smell beachy. They've got coconut scents. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, they even had pumpkin spice. Mm-hmm. And, so, and peppermint for and peppermint. A while. Uh, you can check out all these scents. You can smell great. You can feel great about the product that you're putting um, on that very special part of your body. Your pits. Yes. Very special. Uh, with, <laughs> with native deodorant. And where can our listeners check that out, Taylor? Well, you can make the switch to native today by going to nativedeo.com slash buffering or... Use promo code buffering at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout. Get that 20% off your first order. So I don't know about you all, but after 2020, I was really looking to like refresh and restart this year. Yeah. With the new year, the dawn of 2021, Mm -hmm. which so far has not been super different, but it's only been like a week. I'm giving it some time to like settle in. Um, 
But often at the beginning of a new year, I like to like, I don't know, try to do some new things, learn some new skills. I don't like to say resolutions exactly because I never end up following through actually on most of them. But um, one way I've been doing that this year so far in 2021 is with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Um, whether you're someone who is looking to cook more, maybe save some money on your grocery trips, um, HelloFresh is your one box solution to all those new year, uh, what would I call it instead? Maybe like, um, your, your new year ideas, your plans, your new, new hobbies for the new year, <laughs> hobbies. new hobbies for the new year. My new, um, my new hopeful guesses for what li- guesses. lies in store. There you go. Blueprints. New prints. There you go. New prints. Um, HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less, which I know for me, once especially I get back into classes and and life is busy, I like cooking and I like eating food I've made for myself, but I hate going to the grocery store, especially now, and I hate having to like make a whole list ahead of time, and HelloFresh makes it so I don't have to worry about that. They offer 23-plus weekly recipes with a range of cuisines and ingredients, so there's always something new to try. I know uh, I just got a new box recently. I had some really good uh, pork chops with this like apple jam sauce and mashed mm. potatoes and roasted Brussels sprouts. It was very good. Also, it was very easy to cook and I am not the best cook, but it was very easy and it was very delicious. Yeah. Um, so, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out HelloFresh as well, what should they do? They should go to HelloFresh.com slash Buffering10 and use code STILLBUFFERING10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash STILLBUFFERING10 and code STILLBUFFERING10. Okay, so the thing we have not discussed about Schitt's Creek... Um, <laughs> That one of the reasons, not the not the only or the main reason that I think we love it, but one of the reasons is, uh, and mom actually tried to make us promise not to mention this. But it was impossible to do this episode oh, and not yeah, mention no, this. No way, yeah. yeah. I did not. I did not agree. I no, said, no, I, I said won't. no, absolutely no, I did not. not. <laughs> I did not take that challenge. Uh, is our, our mother uh, is Moira Rose, so much so <laughs> that it was like, there were moments where I thought like, was someone following mom around? And then made a character based on her. Yeah, I was like that. It's possible they have met. Like the actress that that is Moira has met Mom at some point. I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna put that one in the back of my head. Use that someday. <laughs> well, the basic character off this. <laughs> it, it really, it really was weird. It's really like you know at the end of Dawson's Creek when Dawson just makes a TV show based on his life, mm-hmm. and he just like slightly changes the names of the characters. Like Pacey becomes. Basie, Joey becomes. <laughs> I don't think Bowie, Bowie right? Whatever. I don't know. Everybody's name just starts with a B now. That's it. <laughs> da- Dawson is Boston. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Jen becomes Ben. Boston's That's a name. Beak. That's a name. <laughs> it's about birds. <laughs> Boston's beak. <laughs> and they're all birds. It's a cartoon show. It's really good. I like it. <laughs> it's that's that's how it feels watching uh, Moira Rose. Yeah. And Mary Smurl. Yeah. yeah. Um, but of course, I love both of them. I yes. love Moira Rose and I love our mother. But there's just, I don't even know how to describe it other than if you have never met our mother, which is, I, I think, probably almost all of you. Um, if you watch Schitt's Creek, 
you have you have met our mother. Yes, <laughs> I love uh, down uh, to like this. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was, Finish your thought. I was going to say down to like the style, like the the uh-huh. black and white color palette, and like kind of the like easy mix between like kind of masculine but then feminine accents. Like that's so mom style. Like mom, and I love mom mm-hmm. style. She has great style, but it's very that. It's like a little theatrical, like always like two mm-hmm. notches above than what you would need to do for the occasion, but I respect that. I embrace mm-hmm. that personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that that is also true. Mom does not have a collection of wigs. I will go ahead and put that That's out true. there. That's true. Mom's hair is just mom's hair. Um, but the it's that mix. And I think that that was something I did appreciate a lot too, is that like Moira Rose, the actress character that like you could have seen on the show could have been overly dramatic and self-involved and have just no like heart or soul there mm-hmm. just like your your kind of typical tv portrayal of this oh this is what we think actors are like mm-hmm. um but instead she wasn't that mm-hmm. like it, sh- she is a little dramatic <laughs> but mm-hmm. but she genuinely cares about things and about people and about doing good like doing good work and like the project she's involved in she wants to put her whole self into them and make them better Mm -hmm. and and like you know you see whether it's the town council or when she's involved in the the crows have eyes (laughs) or cabaret (laughs) or directing a community theater production yes (laughs) (laughs) which just felt so real i didn't know that was a storyline that was going to happen and when it started and she became director. I just fell I over. I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. Her attitude with the actors and and when uh, Stevie plays the lead but then is late on opening night and Moira comes in dressed in Stevie's character ready to go on for her. It's, it's just oh, so, so good. Mom. It's so, so good. <laughs> well, and you know, but you do get that. And I like that they don't make a huge deal of it, but you get Moira's backstory that she grew up in a small town and that she mm-hmm. clearly worked her way hard. And, and, and in that way, her and Johnny are kind of parallel and that they both are people that worked hard to have the pride that they have. And so it's not just, you know, they both didn't just happen into money or fame. They worked for it. Mm-hmm. And now, and they still possess those qualities that, that help them rise to those places so while moira can be a little prideful it's because she worked really hard for that and now she's sort of rebuilding that which i don't know like i i thought it was a yeah i I think they could have very easily made her a throwaway caricature and the character has a lot of heart and i i love that Mm because i love our mom well exactly and i really like that part of her storyline towards the end wasn't because you think it's that she's going to abandon acting but it's not that it's that she's going to demand her worth Mm mm-hmm in that world mm-hmm. she she's going to re-enter it on her terms or not at all um which is a very powerful stance for that character to get to take at the you know that's kind of the end of her arc on the show mm-hmm. is uh, yeah okay i'll be back on this show but here are my terms take it or leave it and to have that recognized and answered to know her worth i think that was that was a really cool narrative for mm-hmm. her mm-hmm I think my uh, the scene that I think endeared me the most to Moira is when she uh, she everybody thinks I think everybody thinks she's died. Yes. And she's going to go she's going to go present herself. But she spends forever putting on that dramatic silver dress. And then by the time she goes out, the news vans are all gone. Uh-huh. And then she 
but she's not shaken by it. She's like, well, I guess I'm going to go have dinner. I'm not going to waste this outfit. <laughs> it's like, you know, I kind of expected the character to have like a breakdown. Like, oh, no, no one's here to see me. But it's like, oh, I'm not going to waste an outfit. I'm like, I, this is it's a good character. <laughs> um, I would like to present my thesis, which is this. So it's just like you all had said about how, you know, Johnny and Moira, neither of them were like born into money. Like Johnny created his video empire and Moira Mm -hmm. talks about a lot how she came from a small town and did not have money and um, then was discovered and went to acting. Uh, But the opposite is true for Alexis and David because they were born into Mm -hmm. money because Johnny and Moira are their parents. So much so that like when they talk about their childhood, it's not just like, oh, they were comfortable. It's like, no. They, they like you know had all these crazy experiences as children they went to these like great schools or they um mm-hmm. i mean even like johnny and moira the whole storyline of them like didn't really raise them when they were younger because they had all sorts of staff to raise them and then they learned how to be parents also all that going on but the point is alexis and david were raised with a lot of money um and i think the opposite happens for both of them which is they go from like demanding the same quality of life they have been used to and thinking like they cannot exist in this world where they don't have all of this money and all of these experiences to like realizing all of the the work it takes to almost be to that point so they both accept that they can start doing that work for themselves Mm -hmm. and do that for themselves because neither of them are just like well okay i guess i can't do anything and i just need to sit around and you know wait until we get our money back or something or until like mom or dad makes money. Like eventually both of them start their own businesses and become their own independent people. And it's, it's really cool because they're both like adults in their twenties and thirties, but you almost see them grow from like teenagers to actual adults in their personalities. That's so true. It's the parents really get, and I think these are things like as a parent, I kept picking up on, you would see moments where like David and Alexis were clearly like behind in terms of maturity mm-hmm. in like their way to cope with something or handle something or like just deal with the world. And you could see that like on some level, Johnny and Moira knew they had done that. Like mm-hmm. yeah. they had allowed their kids to not learn these things and know these things and be strong in these ways. And this was almost like this time they spend in the motel is like redemption. Mm -hmm. They get to like, they get a second shot at parenting the way you do when your kids are little, which is right there in the house with you Mm -hmm. (laughs) nonstop all the time (laughs) in the next room. Mm -hmm. And they, they do that. And it's really cool to kind of see them like actually grow up and leave the nest only as adults Mm -hmm. (laughs) when most people do it much younger. Right. Um, I, I think that is a really cool dichotomy Mm -hmm. that is also kind of my defense for alexis because she is a good character she is and i I agree all of you have compared me to alexis uh for many reasons (laughs) only after you compared yourself to be fair you did it first yes but then you were very quick to say well um but yes that is fair but i think i appreciated her story arc the most they were all they all had very good story story development character development it, but. it was hard i i was sad that her and ted weren't together because i liked the way she like had ted lost ted earned her way back you know into mm-hmm. a good relationship because she showed she had changed and i appreciated all that and i liked ted i thought he was funny um, yeah 
Um, but but it was good that she was alone and gonna do things on her own. It was the right thing. Yeah, I, I read that uh, in an interview with Daniel Levy that they had intended for the series to end with a double wedding with Ted and Alexis and David and um, Patrick. Patrick, yes. But then they decided about a season sooner, I think, like, well, no, actually, that's not... Either Ted or Alexis will be giving something up that they would actually want for themselves to get married. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, David and Patrick, what they got out of, like, finding themselves and doing the hard work was each other. Like, they weren't giving anything up to be together. That was what they got. Um, So that was why they decided to not have them together, which also made me cry. But the breakup scene between them was, like, the healthiest most mature breakup I have seen on a television show, at least in in my television experience, because it was very much just like, we both care about each other, (laughs) but this is not best for us. Maybe a tad unrealistic in how. (laughs) Yes, a tad unrealistic. How healthy. (laughs) But, but... Still, it was two adults saying, like, yes, yes. We, we helped each other get to this point where we're both successful on our own, uh-huh. but we're both doing a lot right now, and it would take, like, one of us giving something up and being resentful sure. of the other eventually. They were, they were building things separately, yeah. whereas David and Patrick had built something together. Exactly. Well, and I really liked how the show had a sort of de-escalation of moments that I think just from being exposed to so much garbage drama, I was expecting to get drawn out into a bigger plot point. Like, you know, yes. when like just like the fight between like Stevie and, and or the uh, uncomfortable situation between uh, Stevie and David, like I thought that was going to get and then it was just mm-hmm. resolved like stuff like that. I think it sets a good example because I do think that we kind of we are educated by the 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 drama we intake by the fiction we intake. And I think that it had a consistent like, you know, things don't have to go that far. You can talk to people and and forgive them or meet in the middle or agree to disagree. These are all things we're capable of. You don't need to have a, you know, a season long arc about you guys learning how to be nice together or to each other again. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, I think that takes us to my favorite part of the show, which is David and Patrick's relationship. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. David in general, but then like even better, like there's so much synergy there. David is great, but then you add Patrick in, and the they are the whole is more than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were so many times once they got together, and it was so great. I like I loved them instantly. Mm-hmm. I was so worried because on most television shows, they're gonna have to fall apart exactly before they get to be together at the end. Yeah, and I I kept waiting for any little you know, tiff to turn into that big thing. And it doesn't. And I think that that is very realistic because most of the time relationships don't end over a little fight Mm -hmm. or even like something big. A lot of times you do, if you really love each other, you do talk and work it out and all that kind of stuff. A lot of times that's the case. Sometimes not, but a lot of times it is. And that's really what they reflected is like a a relationship is always going to have moments where you hurt each other. And here's how you work through it to get to the other mm-hmm. side of that and be stronger. Mm-hmm. And that's what they showed over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I mean, also, I will say with David's storyline, to me, it was, I, I think the, the most beautiful aspect of the whole show involving him, it's the, the lack of homophobia in, in Schitt's Creek. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. that they just didn't write it into the show. And they made that choice actively. Like, we're not going to, every, uh, you know, I think it's fine to have queer narratives about confronting 
you know, problems that affect queer lives. But I also think it's such a breath of fresh air to have a queer narrative that's not about all of the crap that comes with being queer, where it's just his family accepts him, you know, the yeah, this is a like a, uh, you know, like a very rural little town, but these people aren't hateful. They Mm -hmm. aren't they don't not understand him. It's just not brought up. And that is just so beautiful because it's kind of the same thing. It's like we still do learn from the media we consume. And when young queer people see nothing but just tragic or at least like it's going to be real rough, but you might get a happy ending, maybe narratives out there. It's pretty depressing. So I'm really happy that they created this universe where that aspect just wasn't brought in from the real world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, especially so because with David's character, um, I knew from the beginning just because I'd heard you all talk about the show and like his relationship with Patrick that he was I'd assumed he was gay um, but then in one of the very first episodes after he and Stevie like almost are in a relationship but then aren't and she's confused she's like well I thought you were they use the wine is like a metaphor when they're talking but she's <laughs> basically like I thought you only liked men and he has this very again with the wine metaphor Um, way of saying like no I like anyone and it was just like a very good moment for me to just see like this wasn't oh you were just confused or like drunk Mm -hmm. or whatever so you like were with a woman but you're gay like no like this is a character who is they don't define it I don't want to label his character bisexual bisexual whatever yeah yeah um but they don't like constrain him into that typical narrative of like this is a, a gay male character who, I don't know, uh, has, like, slept with a woman once and then, like, oh, no, but that was just because, like, whatever. And now his parents think, like, oh, is he straight now or whatever? Like, they don't, there is none of that. I don't know. It no. was just very healthy and normal to see sure. that because it, I feel like that's unusual as well. I thought that was and I thought the way that they dealt with Patrick's parents because what you're really expecting, you know, David invites Patrick's parents in. And Patrick's parents don't know that he's dating David, Mm -hmm. don't know that he's gay Mm -hmm. uh, because he has previously kept that hidden and only dated women. And was engaged to a woman. And was engaged to a woman, which he kind of indicates he was never happy in any of those relationships, which makes me think he is gay. gay. Um, But uh, when you bring the parents in and they're sort of shocked, you're assuming like, oh, man, now we're going to have to deal with Patrick's parents being homophobic. And it, oh, I, I, and it was like, I almost didn't want to watch it because I was like, I don't want to watch this. Mm-hmm. Right. But it wasn't that. They were just shocked because what did they do wrong as parents that Patrick wouldn't feel comfortable telling them right away? Right. And that was the whole controversy was they just completely loved and supported their son and wanted him to know that mm-hmm. and were worried he didn't. Which is like, that's that's the conflict. Mm-hmm. We're worried our son doesn't know how much we love him. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's so nice. Is this what Canada is like? You know, I was thinking about this a lot <laughs> when I was watching this show and I was like, wow, it's just so like, and especially with the way that it ends. Um, like, I feel like obviously I didn't want it to end. I wanted there to be more of it, but I, it was a good ending. It was mm-hmm. a show that knew when it had completed its arc and its story and this was its ending. It didn't keep going on just for the sake of existing. And that is not true with a lot of American shows. But yeah. I, I just kept thinking that like this has something to do with the fact that this is not American, right? <laughs> well, people are nice. They don't take every single thing as like... Uh, there were a lot of times where people would sort of insult each other or mm-hmm. be kind of rude for a second. And you would, again, you would expect that to be the end of a relationship or a friendship or like it would be the source of a ton of drama. And people kind of take it in stride like, man, they're having a bad day. They're just being a jerk today. 
It's okay. Yeah. They're, you know, I know, I know how they feel. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna move on. There were so many moments like that. Um, we didn't really talk about a lot of the characters who weren't the main family, but like, um, I've, I, Roland and Jocelyn had the potential to be really grating stereotype characters in this mm-hmm. kind of show, and they weren't. Um, especially Jocelyn, who had like this whole fleshed out kind of existence of all these things she's doing and then this storyline of having a surprise baby later in mm-hmm. life and all that kind of stuff and like I, I I found myself enjoying characters that like I assumed I would not right. I assumed yeah. instantly like oh I'm gonna hate these people no nope. Yeah. nope I did not and that, yeah nobody was nobody was written flat like like Twyla I, I love Twyla yeah I love just, Twyla. you know just she's, she's pleasant she's you know kind of silly but then you find, like, by the end of it, there's there's a depth to Twilight. I mean, she's had all this money the whole time, and she's made that choice. The <laughs> choices of the, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, here are the roses trying to, at the beginning, just figure out how to get back into that society that Twyla has already <laughs> reached that, you know, beautiful understanding of, oh, but, you know, I don't, this is where my home is. I'm happy here. This is what makes me, this is what validates me. And she had every opportunity to get out or restart her life anywhere, and she's chosen this. And I think that's really kind of a great kind of, you know, end note to the show because you don't find that out until the very end. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> Twyla yeah. knew all along. She was the smartest one all along. Yeah. When that happened, because that's in like the last or next to last episode. It's like right at the yeah, end. It's, um, yeah. When I found out she had won the lottery and split like $98 million with one other person and had always had the tens of millions of dollars, I had to pause the show and sit for a minute like, what? I could not believe that. But it, it makes so much sense because the whole time you're watching her and it's like she's so nice. And she like Alexis is not a great friend to her at, in the beginning, like kind of uses her and, and doesn't really know how to be a good friend to other people, I think. Um, but she is still always like nice to Alexis and, and helping her out and trying to help her like understand how to be a better person in a very nice way. Um, but then at the end, when you realize, like, she's not just doing this because she's stuck here or because, like, her job as a, as a waitress is what she has to do. So she has to be nice to, like, customers or whatever. Like, she is doing this because she loves being here and she just likes being a good person mm-hmm. in the town that she has always lived in. That's crazy. That's wild. That felt very validating for me. That and, like, Stevie's decision, like, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. I don't need to go to a big town, mm-hmm. like... A big city. Mm-hmm. I can I can kind of do the things I love and like this is okay and I, I can embrace that I know motels and this is my thing mm-hmm. and I, I like being around them and in them and I don't care and um, I felt very nice about those things mm-hmm. as, as a person who stayed in a small town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- that scene where, uh, where they're, uh, Patrick and, um, and David are looking at the house uh, or no, it's sorry, it's David and uh, Stevie and, mm-hmm. and you know, they, they have that whole talk about how, you know, why does he want to go back to a place where people keep hurting him? I don't know that. Like, why does he want to prove himself to, to, that he can that he's a winner to people that don't care about him when he's here and he's already won? I thought that was really moving. His decision to stay, you know, was was something that I don't know. I mean, I still live in a big city, but I think that that's something that I can relate to that need to, to prove yourself as if you belong somewhere that you know, is always just a fruitless endeavor. Mm -hmm. And I felt very seen. Um, I didn't relate necessarily personally a lot to David's character, but the relationship between David and Patrick, I felt a lot of 
moments that felt very similar to me, um, (laughs) to my own relationship. And uh, especially when he was saying about the house, like he came here and knocked on this door and asked if he could buy this house because a couple times we drove by it and I said I loved it so much. And so he did that. Mm Mm-hmm. And he he was going to buy me this house and like the like the how incredulous he is like why would anybody ever do that and why would they do that for me and Stevie's like because he's a good person and yeah. like sometimes I feel that way in our relationship. <laughs> See, I was thinking more so just some of those moments when like David would get like uh, upset with Alexis or with his parents or like upset about a situation and get very like start getting. I don't know, not angry, but just like very intense about the whole situation. And Patrick would just be there to kind of like grab him on the shoulder and be like, okay, now let's just talk about this. Let's calm down for a second, everybody. Let me take care of it. That felt very much like you and Justin. Yeah. Yeah, I I know I have to be handled sometimes. (laughs) There's there's always, I think, you know, every relationship figures out its own balance. And one of those archetypes is somebody escalates and somebody (laughs) de-escalates. That is very much you and Justin. Yes. I, I tweeted a, a joke to Justin about him being simply the best after we watched those great scenes, both scenes, both mm-hmm. when Patrick sings it. All to, three. To, yes. Yeah. And get then, married. But uh, I tweeted something about that and somebody said, are you the acoustic version or the floor show? And I was like, <laughs> the floor I, show. I'm the floor show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good to know where you stand. Yeah. Um, I would just like to say now, as a a final thought, I have Mm -hmm. decided, even though it is January and Halloween is nine months away, I am intent on finding the dress that Alexis wears when she performs A Little Bit Alexis, the theme (laughs) song from her short-lived TV show, and wearing that and um, going as Alexis for Halloween and perform A Little Bit Alexis. I I think that's great. So good. We'll have to find... I've seen a couple different sites sell that A necklace that she wears. Yes. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to find that for you. Yeah. Uh, I know Travis got one of those David sweaters. He so did. I know that's out there. He did. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you uh, both for watching Shit's Creek. Um, thank you, Mom, for convincing us. At least at least that's the reason I watched it. Yeah. Was was Mom. Thank you for convincing me to watch Shit's Creek. It was, yes. it was worth it. It was worth the early episodes, which I still think were a little okay, but it, it got so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and Taylor, what's next week? Yes. Okay, so, you know, I'd, I'd actually been contemplating this before Candle Nights, uh, but then Candle Nights kind of sealed the deal because we had uh, we had Strong Bad join us in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And I thought talking about Homestar Runner, the whole website, the series of videos around that and strong bad as well who's part of that would be fun i also think it's cool because riley I don't, you've never experienced any of this right no i had no idea what slash who was going on until candle nights <laughs> and that well, is like ge- that, genuine that I, must I really have been didn't so know. strange <laughs> i just like i know when i shared a tweet about candle nights and it was a little teaser of a bunch of people that were going to be a part of it and everyone started responding to me like oh strong bads in this too i was yep. like ah yeah. that made me uh, i was happy to see that because i think the era of internet i'm talking about is right before we got like hubs of creation like youtube and stuff uh so while i definitely enjoyed strong bad i know my friends did 
it was hard to know if the world at large was like you knew you did you know you were weird group of friends did but you didn't know how far that reached and seeing like oh no we were all on our dial-up internet enjoying strong bad at the same time yeah this will be exciting for you to see because for for those of us of a certain age range this is everything yeah (laughs) this is huge (laughs) there's so many weird references that you you Uh you'll finally get um all right. Well, thank you both. Uh, thank you, listeners. I hope you enjoyed this and Shit's Creek. And I hope this was a little bit of a diversion from how how tough everything is. Please uh, take care of yourselves. Look out for yourselves. It's always good to be active and engaged and, you know, paying attention to the world around you. But it's also okay to every moment take a break. Uh, every Every few moments take a break and, you know, disengage a little bit stop doom scrolling for a second Mm -hmm. i feel like that's all i've done me too (laughs) so yeah um thank you to max fun uh you should go to maximumfun.org if you want to check out other shows on our network um thank you to that's not what i was going to say i was going to say you should tweet at us at still buff and you can email (laughs) us at still buff still buff (laughs) at maximumfun.org i'm sorry i'm it's all right oof and thank you to the novellas for our theme song baby change your mind this has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us i am riley spurl i'm sydney mcroy and i'm taylor spurl i am still buffering and and i am too sydney is actively buffering in front of us yes thank i am I'm so tired. <laughs> Just went into restart mode. Well, hello. I'm Renee Colvert. Hi, I'm Alexis Preston. And we are the hosts of Can I Pet Your Dog? And we got breaking news. We got an expose. And all the beans have been spilled via an Apple podcast review that said, This show isn't well researched. <gasps> well, yeah, no duh. Of course it's not. Not since the day we started has it been well-researched. Guessing and anthropomorphizing dogs is what we do. The Can I Pet Your Dog promise is that we will never do more than 10 seconds of research before telling you excitedly about any dog we see. I'm going to come at you with top 10 enthusiasm, minimal facts. We're here for a good time, not an educated time. So if you love dogs and you don't love research, well, (laughs) you know what? Come on in to Can I Pet Your Dog podcast every Tuesday on Maximum Fun Network. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.